Hey everybody, welcome to Secure the Bag, a podcast whose mission is to demystify personal finance and investing uh, through amazing guest stories. Today I want to do something a little different. I posted a tweet earlier today on how investing in crypto changed my life. And it went semi-viral. I think it's up to like 60-something likes. And so I figured for you listeners, I wanted just to kind of talk about that tweet and, and kind of do the audio version of it uh, for today's episode. Before I get into that, I wanted to remind you guys, you know, from last episode, uh, Hacks is now launched. We have our first live course available. Uh, it is a four-week course on um crypto investing so basically it's targeted for you know roughly 18 to 29 year olds um you know with a little bit flexible in age range um who want to get started in crypto want to get started in investing in crypto but just haven't and what the course really provides is a way to get started have a community of learners just like you that you can engage with far beyond the course um and really provide you the frameworks and principles to kind of be successful from a long-term perspective. So I'll include uh, links to the course. Um, you know, the best way to find out more, I'll, I'll include this as well. Just book time with me directly. Uh, so if, if it's you or someone you know who's kind of roughly in that age range, just uh, come find me. I'm happy to make time to chat and um, we can kind of take it from there. So I'll include links to all those things. Um, and really, you know, appreciate you all's early support of Hacks. Um, I am offering a $50 referral bonus paid uh, in Bitcoin, Ethereum, or US dollars for any successful referral. So if it's not you and you know somebody, all the better. So appreciate the love. And let's get to the tweet I sent out. So the tweet I sent out, uh, what I really wanted to showcase um, is how investing in crypto changed my life and and you know of course there's a financial aspect to it but really the biggest thing it did was it allowed me to to achieve a wealthy mindset so let me kind of walk you through the story um i've been uh investing in crypto and kind of got into it by chance since 2017 and it's pushed my net worth uh to seven figure status but if we start from the beginning um you know i come from a first generation immigrant family from india um money was always tight uh, my parents, I remember, had, had an initial combined annual salary of about $30,000. We owned zero assets. And really surviving and finding value were, like, were all that mattered. So, you know, we would always be on the lookout for things on sale, uh, whether it's groceries, furniture, really anything, and only really splurged, in quotes, when we were sure it was going to last forever so. Uh, when, you know, we we're buying a TV, we we're like, okay, we'll splurge on the Sony TV because we know it's going to last for 10 years. So we'll splurge on this Toyota Camry car because we know it's going to last for 10 years. Other than that, it was all about, you know, making sure that the money we had um, would last. And even today, it's kind of funny how that's carried on with me, but it's really hard for me to pay full price for groceries or even a McDonald's. Like when I, when I go to McDonald's, I know some of you guys might be like, you still eat a McDonald's. I'm like, Okay, sometimes I do. It's not that often, so so relax. But when I do, um, my eyes go immediately to okay, what's the what's the two four five deal? What's the value menu deal? It feels really weird for me to go shell out the eight or nine or ten dollars for like a value meal. It just doesn't. It feels foreign to me. And I made this joke in my tw in my Twitter uh, thread that, of course, it's not applicable to Taco Bell because 
you know, individual items Taco Bell are pretty cheap. And of course, they're super yummy as a as an Indian person, as all Indian people can attest to. So, you know, this is the way we had to live because, you know, we had no safety net. And I completely empathize with my parents where, you know, if you have all your eggs in one basket, you have to watch it carefully. And, you know, there was no ability to to be wrong, right? Failure was not an option. And so everything we did was really about making sure we could survive. And my mindset as a result of that was always rooted in scarcity, right? There's kind of this fixed amount of money. You're lucky to have what you ha- what you have. Just hold on to it. Be safe. Be risk averse. And slowly accumulate money over time. And so for you Rounders fans out there with, you know, the, the poker movie with Matt Damon and Ed Norton, uh, we were we were Kanish from Rounders, right? Kanish was the character who um, was like the professional that Matt Damon knew, but he was all about, I'm in it for the money. I'm not in it to achieve fame. I'm in it to grind, you know, make $100 here, a few hundred dollars there, feed my family. I'm not in it f- to go to the World Series of Poker and, and play in Vegas. And that's kind of the mindset we had. And you know what? That influenced how I dealt with money. You know, any extra money I went, went right into savings. Um, I rarely invested, um, by and large. And, you know, when I did try to invest in the stock market, I, I talked about this, I think, in episode three, either in 2000 during the dot-com bust or in 2007, 2008. You know, I got burned uh, pretty badly, lost a lot of money. And so, you know, it kind of, at that point, I basically promised myself, hey, um, I would probably only invest, quote-unquote, invest during the next crash. So, when the market was rough again, I would buy. But until then, I just felt a little bit uneasy. Now, of course, like any like anybody, when I kept seeing the stock market go up from 2008 or nine through 2012, I was like, okay, let me change my mind and began investing a little bit. Um, but even then, I remember clearly, I remember buying Amazon at around, I don't know, $180, $185. And my mindset was all about like, if it went up, that's awesome. Like, when can I take some gains off the table, it went up 10%. Awesome. Like, let me sell it. Almost feel like, like I was stealing, like I was lucky. And I remember I bought it at 185 and um, felt just ecstatic to sell at 220, like a couple months later. And I was like, just happy. And, you know, like I, I made it uh, obviously a big retroactive oops on that one. Cause you know, Amazon is what, at least 15 X higher than it, than it was, you know, now eight years later, but that was kind of the mindset I had. My scar tissue was pretty thick, um, and by my mid-30s, I was just kind of stuck in my ways, and I felt, and I, I didn't necessarily feel bad because I didn't know how to be different, but I just kind of was like, this is kind of the way this is going to be, for better or for worse. Um, so then, like, fast forward a couple years, um, I had joined a startup called Wildcard in New York City, and I uh, met... Um, I'd heard Chamath uh, Palahapatiya. I should be able to pronounce his last name better since he's Sri Lankan and I'm Indian, but I struggle a little bit. But I'd heard him talk about Bitcoin in 2016. I had um, heard about it before, but always kind of thought it was kind of a little bullshit. I kind of hate watched the price, felt happy when it went down. And, you know, was like, okay, let me just pay attention here. But you know, this time when, when he talked about it and I did a little bit more homework, it felt different. He was just really passionate about it. And, you know, so were many others. I did, you know, as I was kind of going down the rabbit hole, I saw all these folks in the crypto community really like the feel was like it was true belief. It wasn't just this thing that they were like hoping to, 
uh, to go up. They really talked about like principles and 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 uh, frameworks and and all of that, not price as much. And so in March 2017, I remember being at a New York bar with my buddy George, uh, George Shannon, and we were uh, talking about crypto, and we decided to go home and buy some crypto. And I don't know if it was the beer or fate or something else. So I, went, I remember going back home, like logging in like at 10 p.m., um, buying some crypto. And at that point, I think Bitcoin was right around fifteen or $1,600 dollars. Uh, I bought, you know, some Ethereum. Obviously, I wish I bought more of both, but bought some Ethereum at around, I don't know, seventy or eighty dollars. And, you know, as both of those soared over the next few weeks, like every instinct in my body was like, okay, you just, you know, du- you know, uh, fifty, like you just made fifty percent gain, or you just doubled your money. Like it's time to sell. Like this is awesome. Um, but something held me back, and really, what held me back was the the community that I alluded to earlier. You know, they were so ardent about uh, HODL, which is um, uh, kind of a fun meme in the crypto world, which is basically the background there very quickly is that um, back in the early days of Bitcoin, someone just talked about holding, but I think he was a little bit drunk and he misspelled it to HODL instead of HOLD. It's just kind of stuck. But really the whole notion of HODL is like, this is a religion. This is something that you have strong conviction in. The intention is to hold um versus um kind of trade in and out you know at times the kind of borderline felt like a cult but it did galvanize me so i i dove deeper um and i was like let me think let me um um like think about this a little bit more before i inevitably sell but something funny happened um as i learned more i you know gained more conviction um, and felt better about my investment, um, bought some more. And, and for the first time in my life during bad times in 2018 and 2019, when, um, you know, the 2017 bull market was over and crypto kind of faded and it, the price crashed 80, 90% from the all time highs. Um, instead of panic selling, I actually bought more. Now, of course, like I talked about before, I wish I bought more, uh, that then, like, I think, you know, conviction is a funny thing. I think you build more conviction in a bull market. You lose some in a bear market. Inevitably, I think the best people try to lose to minimize their conviction loss in the bear market. Um, but in any event, I did buy more, which is weird for me. Usually, I'd be like, "Oh, this this is coming down. I got to sell and get out." Like, you know, you got to jump off the ship. So, beyond any money gains that you know I've gotten with crypto. Um, what investing in crypto has really taught me, like I mentioned at the onset, is how to have a, a wealthy mindset. Um, it showed me that the power of long-term compounding um, was real and that, you know, shit, like I could be wealthy too, um, which is something I never thought possible. I kind of always assumed like upper middle class, doing well, being comfortable was my limit, which I thought was a great thing because my parents were kind of lower to middle. Now kind of eventually over enough time, you know, they're in their late 60s early 70s now they're kind of in that upper middle class but i've i always thought that that would kind of be like my limit um you know um as well um and so the other thing it taught me was that you know so many others around the world can achieve the same realization if they have access to kind of these three core building blocks so number one for me is i call this play offense not defense what this means is like in the like whenever someone reads about investing, you talk to a financial advisor, it's all about understand risk, understand risk. And it's kind of this defensive conservative mindset of like, 
you need to know every risk that's possible before you even get started. And um, I tend to believe the opposite now. I think understanding risk is important, but I think you want to get started first. Um, getting started will help you learn about what the investment is. Uh, and you know, getting started doesn't mean you put all your money into the initial investment. Maybe you put 5% of your money uh, that you're thinking about investing in the initial investment. You learn, you see how it feels, you kind of go down the rabbit hole, whether the company, crypto, uh, real estate, whatever the case may be. Um, and it kind of revs that flywheel of learning. And I think a funny thing happens is that once you have skin in the game, you begin to to uh, care more and understand it more. Um, and it's a better way to kind of be on the off offensive and kind of learn as you go versus this understanding everything before you can even start because it's just a huge friction thing and usually what ends up happening is that you never feel like you understand everything and then you just don't start the second piece is you know surrounding yourself with an amazing community um having people that you know help you learn encouraging you or just there to listen is just a wonderful thing i know i owe my whole portfolio to the crypto community and i think it's super important to have that whether it's family friends or something else you know investing is a very mental um, sport and you want to make sure that that is something that is um, you know possible for for you to kind of get access to so you can you know safeguard when inevitably you feel a little bit down and then last but not least long-term mindset you know it's really hard to you know, like compound interest and compounding sounds amazing but it's kind of something you have to experience not learn because our brains just don't think exponentially they think linearly for the most part and so just ingrating that into yourself, but also experiencing it starting early and say, oh, look, I began investing three, four years ago, and I never thought I could grow my initial money to this because comp and the power of compounding is real. So, um, you know, that's the real mission for me, and that's why I'm dedicating my ne the next phase of my career to, to build hacks is I want to democratize access to these building blocks globally uh, to Gen Z and young millennials around the world. Um, you know, I've gotten some really amazing um, notes from people on the Hacks waitlist. Um, there is this uh, note from this 18-year-old uh, girl in Nigeria, which who I'm actually talking to tomorrow, so super excited by that, where she was like, hey, I hope Hacks can, you know, break this endless cycle of poverty. And I think that's like a perfect example where if you don't have access to these building blocks, these like Lego pieces, you just can't really imagine a better situation for yourself you're just kind of stuck in your ways i think once you have access to this, it just changes your mental model and you're able to to um to kind of you know go further so that was my story on crypto investing um it's been an amazing ride and i still think you know not investment advice but i still think we're so early in crypto i think it's just the way software is eating the world i think crypto is going to eat software and eat the world in, in in over the next 10 to 20 years so I think you're going to see crypto, you're already starting to see this, you're going to see crypto eating traditional finance uh, with, you know, decentralized fa finance or DeFi, eating things like title, escrow, mortgage. You're going to see crypto eating things like marketplace, community building. Um, there's just so many use cases, NFTs and like, you know, digital goods. There's a lot of different things out there that I think crypto is going to be super impactful for. So look, um, I think we're still in the early days of crypto. I think there is a lot of different ways that you can um, invest in it and if you're interested in learning more please check out the course please come find me and talk to me 
hope you enjoyed this and i will see you guys on thursday for a regularly scheduled uh episode all right thanks so much guys talk to you soon